of old-time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Thanks so much for all your support. Now, here is today's episode of Call the Police, the case of the unknown strangler. Rinso, new Rinso with Solium presents Call the Police. Attention, homicide section brings smart details. Murder suspect in your zone. Close in according to instructions. Between you and the evil outside the law stands the policeman of your community. He gives up his safety that you may be safe. And sometimes he gives up his life to protect yours. New Rinso, the soap that contains solium, the scientific sunlight ingredient, brings you Call the Police. A new series of realistic radio dramas inspired by the courageous work of police departments all over America. This is Commissioner Bill Grant. Putting the cuffs on a Jack the Ripper takes plenty of hard labor and all the breaks, as was demonstrated in number 3461 from the Ashland Files. Never to be forgotten is the case of the unknown strangler. The opening of this giant-sized comedy took place at 7.15 on the evening of July 2nd in a third-floor flat. Just a song Miss Francie Abley, 47-year-old spinster who earned a small living teaching singing, alone. was making herself a bite of dinner in her and modest two-by-four kitchenette. Oh, dear. There goes the doorbell. Probably somebody to inquire about lessons. Just a moment, please. Just a moment. I hear you. I'm coming. Won't you step in? I'm preparing a little food in the kitchen, so if you'll excuse me. <laughs> let me by. Will you let me by, please? I'm going to scream for help. Do you hear me? I'm going to scream for help. <laughs> That was the curtain raiser. We found the dead woman two hours later and nothing, absolutely nothing, to give us any insight into the motive behind the crime. Fifty-six hours later, the curtain went up on the second chorus of the dance of death. On the night of July 6th, an aging lawyer by the name of Joel Crocker creaked up the steps to his ancient office. What? 
I didn't know there was anyone waiting for me. I, I'm terribly sorry, sir. If you'll just come along into the inner office. Uh, leave the door open, if you please. It's cooler that way. <laughs> now, uh, just have a seat. Uh, now, oh, How dare you? How dare you strike me in my... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and now there were two. Two crimes as alike as a pair of peas in a prod. Illogical death without reason or motive. The newspapers didn't catch on for 12 hours. Then suddenly they made the tie-up between the Avley and Crocker murders and every sheet in town was off to the races. Unknown strangler takes double toll. Police helpless to stop homicidal murderers. Where will the killer strike next? Bill, stop pacing. Bill, please. Take a gander at those papers, Libby. A banner day for the press. This photo layout. Looks like a remake of The Cat and the Canary. May I say something? Say what? This is really the criminal psych department speaking, Bill, but you're dealing with just what the papers say you are. A homicidal murderer. So why? Murder is always on the verge of insanity, or as we say, pre-psychotic. But murder without motive, pointless, disconnected, profitless killing, is psychotic. Whoever the man is, Bill, he's insane. Hold it a second, lady. Well? I'm sorry, but I had to come. I, I couldn't wait any longer. I had to come. What is this? Who are you? My name is Liz Porter. You've got to help me. He's been missing for days. Who has? Leonard. Leonard Walker, the boy I'm engaged to. Look, missing persons you report at your local precinct. I did, but all they've got on their minds is this unknown strangler scare. Oh, please, please help me. I'm so worried. Uh, how long has your fiancé been missing, Miss Porter? Since, since the evening of the 2nd of July. Yeah, very interesting evening. And what's the last you saw of him? Well, we'd been on a date. He brought me home. He drove away in his car. What and... kind of a car does he drive? A small sedan. License plate? It's, um, 201G. Oh, I don't know. I, I just don't know. My mind's in such a fog. I... Um, have a chair, miss. Thank you. Hello? Angio. Well? Ah, uh, don't blow your top. Thanks for caring, but it's already blown. What's the news? Bad. Another strangler victim. Another? The strangler again, Libby. Oh, Bill. What address? No address. This one was staged in a car on a side road off Highway 11. A young guy about 25. No identification. Young guy killed in this car. What about the license plate? 201G48N. Just a second. Miss Porter. Yes? Could your boyfriend's license have been 201G48N? Miss Porter. She recognized the numbers when I said them. And she was right to faint. It was Leonard Walker, all right. He'd been sitting up straight in his sedan for four days and nights with the strangler's fingerprints around his throat. When I 
it down to the office these hot summer days. I shed my coat the moment I get there, and the rest of the boys do the same. Everybody knows that a man looks fine without a coat if he's careful to wear a clean, nicely washed shirt. But you know, I'm kind of proud of the way my wife washes my shirts. But the credit's only partly hers. The rest belongs to Rinso. New Rinso, that's the new Rinso with solium, actually gets white clothes whiter than brand new. Washable colors even brighter than new. So I go around every day wearing a shirt that's whiter than a new one. And that's a fact. New Rinso with solium, the scientific sunlight ingredient, puts sunshine in your wash. And I think it sort of puts sunshine in a man's whole outlook, too, because he knows he looks so good in a Rinso wash shirt. So, ma'am, how about it? Why don't you wash your husband's shirts and all the rest of your wash with safe, soapy-rich new Rinso? Number three for the unknown strangler was a young man named Leonard Walker. Three motiveless, clueless murders in as many days. I channeled every available man into the hunt for the strangling maniac, but got nowhere until... Bill. Yes, Levy. Remember I told you yesterday I thought I knew the way out of this? Well, now I'm sure I do. I'm all ears. I want you to meet someone, Bill. He's outside now. His name is Dr. Bernard Rayburn. He's an expert on abnormal psychology. What can I lose? Show him in. Won't you come in, Dr. Rayburn? Thank you. Dr. Rayburn, this is Commissioner Grant. How are you, Doctor? How do you do? Uh, Miss Tyler seems to think you can give us a lead on this strangler, Doc. I can tell you that he's an obviously schizophrenic type. Meaning? Among other things, that even he, very probably, doesn't know that he's the strangler. How does that work, Doc? On a principle of phasial changes. One minute the man may appear quite rational, whereas at the next, he can become a monstrous personality. And remember nothing at all of his actions when he shifts back again to the rational phase. Yeah, I get the picture. That's a tough one to deal with. Yes, I agree, Commissioner. But I think by an analysis of his crimes, one might arrive at something very like an identification. And you? Could you make that analysis? I can't promise you anything. But if you'll give me your records and notes covering the murders, I'll try to assemble some facts. They may even include a fairly dependable sketch of the killer's physical appearance. By now, I like the man. And I knew also that he'd deliver. So I gathered together our meager records and packed them off to do his work. An hour and a half later, the tireless Sergeant Maggio walked into the office. Here's a little jigger to add to your collection. What's that? I took a last look at Leonard Walker's car and found it stuck under the front seat cover. It's a cap of one of those newfangled dry point pens. Maybe it belonged to Walker. I'm going to check on that. I called Miss Porter and she's coming over after work to see if she recognizes it. Uh-huh. They, uh, they tell me you had an interview with a nut doctor. I talked things over with Dr. Rayburn. Where is he now? Laundering his straitjackets? Getting his work done. Which isn't a bad idea for everybody on this case. The next day was the 8th of July, and a very eventful day it was. Because at a little after 7 that evening, a schoolteacher named Miss Rosie McMahon was hurrying across the lonelier stretches of Burgoyne Park to beat an oncoming storm. <laughs> who, 
Who are you? What do you want? No. No. Come here. Go away. Come here. Let me alone. Let me alone. Help! Help! Okay, boys, that's him. Oh. Take it easy now, boys. You make a mistake. Let me loose. Let me loose. Sorry, but you tried it once too often, Strangler. They brought him in, I took a look at him, and I was amazed. A little thin-faced man with steel-rimmed glasses and tobacco-stained mustache. No, no, you are wrong. I know to something only stop nice lady to ask for a cigarette. Hendeman do no harm. No, too bad about Hendeman. Sugar wouldn't melt in Hendeman's mouth. But take a look at what we found when we went over him. What's that? Key ring. Man can carry key ring? Man can also explain why his ring features this particular key. Look at the tag on it, Chief. Huh? Key to the basement of 894 Tyson Street. 894 Tyson? Well, that's the address of the Abley woman. Strangler, victim number one. And maybe you also remember the address of lawyer Crocker, number two. For sure. Uh, 54 Fulham Street. Exhibit B from the same key ring. Hinderman make no harm for somebody. Hinderman what are you only... doing with these keys? Make a living. Only make a living. He says he works as a part-time janitor in both buildings. Kind of coincidence, huh, Commissioner? Wait a minute. 894 Tyson, 54 Fulham. Um, where does Leonard Walker's girlfriend live? That, that uh, Miss Porter? Dale Avenue, the Horton Apartments. And this last chivalry takes place in Bourgoyne Park. So? Debbie, give me a map of Ashland. There's one here on the wall. That'll do, thanks. Well, what are you doing, Chief? Plotting a new civic project? I'm drawing. What? The area of the Strangler's activities. Bounded on the north by Fulham Street. On the south by Tyson Street. On the east by Dale Avenue. And the center of the territory is Burgoyne Park. You got something. I got at least geography. The Strangler is operated in this penciled section. Every murder has either occurred in this area of these three blocks or has been tied up with it one way or the other. Hindeman? Yeah, mister, yeah. You're under arrest for the murders of Francis Abley, Joel Crocker, and Leonard Walker. No. No, I know do something. I know do something. You can't tell me I know do something. We lifted the hysterical Hindeman into my office. And Libby pointed out that we get nowhere with him until we, he had recovered a little. According to her, an injection of liquid nembutol would tide him over his panic. And this she brought from the lab. No, I don't hear you. Can't All right, Bill. Uh, help no. him onto the sofa. Uh, no, okay, no. that's right. Yeah, get the needle ready. He's in bad shape. All right, I will. Commissioner? Miss Porter. Oh. Sent for me. Oh, uh, just a minute, Libby. Um, it was about this fountain pen cap found in Walker's car. Was it his? No. No, that wasn't Lenny. Okay, thanks. Obviously, it belonged to the Strangler here. Now, if you just wait outside the until... Strangler? Hinderman! You know him? Know him? Why, yes, of course I know him. He insulted me once outside my apartment house. He killed Annie. He did it. He did Easy, it. Miss Porter. He did it, I tell you. Get out of here, Libby. Will you? Come on, Miss Porter. Now try to calm down, please. Maggio, yes. help Miss Porter downstairs and put her in my car. I'll drive her home myself as soon as we finish inside. Okay. Come on now, Miss Porter. Everything's going to be all right. Um, let's get back to Hinderman. All right. Uh, where were we, Bill? About to give him a shot. Mm. I don't want you okay. to give him... No. Now, here's the needle. Uh, hold his wrist, Bill. I don't want you to... Okay. Uh, uh. Ah. There we are. There we are. 
All done. All done. I'm going to get the desk at City Hospital and have him taken to the ward, Bill. He'll be better off there until he's well enough to answer questions. He was sleeping peacefully, this man whose one love was murder. I looked down at him, fascinated by the sheer evil of his face. And then... I... Uh, me. I do. I... Uh... I leaned forward, hovering over him to catch an unconscious confession. When suddenly, his head came up under my chin, the bony skull catching me square on the button with the power of a mule's kick. My eyes bugged as the room started to do a swirling tarantella. And then... Down I went, swaying off into Never Never Land without a care in the world. When I came to, the couch was empty. Hinderman had been on his way for who knows how long. And then I saw it, a spot on the carpet not three feet from my nose. I smelt it, Nembutal. In those few minutes while we were lugging Liz Porter outside, Hinderman had emptied the needle and filled it again so that we gave him an injection of aqua pura, H2O, water. When the full impact of what had happened hit my muddled brain, I grabbed the phone and began to shout, turning every able-bodied, gun-toting man in the force into the chase and hem-stitching the borders of Ashland with a ring of squad cars. After that, Libby and I staggered out for something to revive us. She was trying to cheer me up, I remember, telling me not to despair when suddenly, just as we neared the car... Bill. Huh? Bill, look. 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 I looked. Through the window of my car, I saw Liz Porter smiling out at us. On second glance, I saw that the smile was really the toothy grimace of her last attempt for that final gasp of air that hadn't come. Elizabeth Porter had met the Strangler, face to face. You know, getting the whitest, brightest possible wash you can is much more important than ever these summer days. That's when it shows up the most in women's dresses, men's shirts, and children's play clothes. Well, new rinse with Solium gives clothes a brilliance that you've never seen before. And if you'd like to prove it, try this. Do your next wash with rinse Then compare it with any other wash you've ever seen. You'll find that your white clothes are actually whiter than brand new. And your washable color is even brighter than new. That's because of Solium. The amazing scientific sunlight ingredient that's in new Rinso and in no other soap. Rinso with Solium is an entirely new idea in washing clothes. It really gets them whiter and brighter than brand new. See for yourself. Do your next wash in new Rinso's soapy rich suds. Rinso is so safe and so kind to your hands. Find out for yourself how new Rinso with Solium, even on rainy days, puts sunshine in your wash.
was no reviving Liz Porter. Four days, four murders, and the strangler was still ranging the town with his fingers curled like the talons of a buzzard. What are we going to do, Bill? Call the governor. I'm putting this in his lap. It takes a thousand more men to cover this city. I need the militia. Bill. Bill me no bills. Death has come to stay, baby. Hello, state capitol? No, Commissioner. This is Dr. Rayburn. Oh, uh, hello. Hello, how you doing, Doc? Fine. I've got some material for you, as I promised. I'm a strangler? Yes. We know who he is, Doc. Congratulations. But he slipped us. Now, this may help you pick him up again. Uh, come on over. <laughs> Rayburn lived in a comfortable brownstone on Chestnut Street. We sat over his dining room table drinking cold beer and examining what amounted to the work of genius. Now, uh, take a look at this sketch, Commissioner. Yeah. Who is this, Doc? It's a picture of the Strangler. Huh? It's not exactly a camera portrait, Grant, but it's been discovered recently that all mental illnesses have similar physical correlatives. In other words, uh, this is what the strangler must look like uh, based upon his symptoms. I get it. You're okay, Doc. You're okay. Uh, you can study it for a moment while I get my other notes. I did study the sketch. And the longer I looked at it, the more I realized that it looked nothing like Hinderman. But I had the strange feeling that it looked like somebody I knew. Now, uh, here are the balance of the notes. Uh, I want to jot in a couple of remarks, uh, then you can have them. He took out his fountain pen and began to make additions in the margins. And as I stared at him, the short hairs on the tender part of my nape stood up as sharp as quills. It's a nice suit, Doc. This one? Yeah. You could damage it, you know, carrying that pen in your pocket without a cap. I know. I'm a careless man at best. I lost the cap the other day. Where? Why, I don't know. I think I do. You think you do? Yeah. You lost it, Doc, where it was found. In Leonard Walker's car. Leonard Walker? He was one of the victims, wasn't he? Number three, to be exact. How could I have lost it in his car? I never laid eyes on him. Here's the cap. Maggio found it yesterday. I'm afraid you laid more than eyes on him, Doc. I'm afraid you laid hands on him. Let me see that thing. Thanks. It... It is mine. There's a crack down the middle. I dropped it and stepped on it the day before it disappeared. Grant. I know, Dr. Rayburn. Me? Me? This street, Chestnut Street, comprises the fourth side of the square in which the strangler is operated. Also, take a look at the picture you drew. Yes. Yes, it does look like me. How could I have missed it? So, diagnose for me, Doc. My diagnosis stands. Advanced schizophrenia. And who's my strangler? I can hardly, hardly believe it. I am. Prescription, Doc? Get me to headquarters. Quick. said nothing on the way downtown. He said nothing as we started up in the elevator. I looked at him, feeling sorry for a nice guy who was very, very sick. And what I saw as I looked meant nothing to me. I'd never seen a phasial change occur. 
And it's difficult for anyone to see, so I wasn't prepared when the elevator stopped. After you, Doc. Turn loose. Turn loose! I went down, falling across the elevator entrance. And I didn't know that Libby was in my office. And she didn't know Rayburn is anything but a nice guy. Hello, Doctor. Where's Bill? Bill? Bill Grant. Commissioner Grant. He was with you, wasn't he? Yes. He was. Oh, well, I hope he hurries. I've got news for him. Maggio just called. They've picked up Hinderman. Hinderman? Yes, Hinderman the janitor. The strangler. They found him hiding in the basement of an old house. Well, don't you realize what that means, Dr. Rayburn? Everything you and Bill have been through, it's all over. Finished. Finished. No more murders, no more terror, no more innocent victims. They've got the strangler. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Are you trying to make fun of me? <laughs> Dr. Raven, what's the matter? What's the matter? Doctor, doctor, doctor! What brought me to the surface was... <laughs> and that same force dragged me out of the elevator. And down the hall, I saw the glass door with my name on it. William Grant, police commissioner. Ashland. Not strong enough to open it. I lunged forward and fell through. <laughs> he swung around. And in that moment, as he tottered back, the change occurred. <laughs> Dr. Rayburn snapped back himself again. And there was more surprise than accusation in his eyes as he said, Why did you do that, Grant? Why? Why? And the terror was over. And Libby and I, we tried to forget. So, uh... Hinderman was all coincidence. Sick enough, but definitely not the killer. That's about it. Now, let's not talk about it, huh? This thing. It can happen to anybody, and you never know a thing about it. It doesn't happen unless you're the type, sweetheart. And you get warnings, don't worry. Such as? Well, you take me. Hmm? The last year or so, I've felt a peculiar sort of thing. Tightening of the pulses, heightening of the blood pressure, quivering around the heart. Really, Bill? Yeah. It comes on at certain times. What times? Times... When I look at you, baby. Bill. Oh, now, no, stop. Stop. Oh, Bill Grant. In just a moment, Commissioner Grant will return with the Call the Police Plaque of Valor. This week presented to a police officer who single-handed captured a group of armed bandits. But now, you know, millions of women say that there's nothing like Rinso's safe, soapy-rich suds. So safe for clothes, so easy on your hands. Next time you go to the store, be sure that Rinso heads your shopping list. Remember, the Rinso you get today is new Rinso. The only soap that contains the scientific sunlight ingredient, Solium. Rinso with Solium puts sunshine in your wash. And mark this, Rinso is used by more women than any other wash day soap in the world. 
This is Bill Grant. It's with considerable pride that I present this week's Call the Police Plaque of Valor and Cash Award to an heroic Deputy Inspector of Police, James MacArthur of Cleveland, Ohio. MacArthur's deed of valor was reported by San Giamo, Chief Police Reporter of the Cleveland Press. Shortly after midnight, a police broadcast announced that a robbery was in progress in a coffee shop in downtown Cleveland. MacArthur, who was cruising in the district, sped to the scene of the holdup. Without thought to his personal safety, he ripped open the door and confronted a group of armed bandits. As MacArthur stepped into the room, three bullets whizzed past his head. He drew his revolver and fired. One of the gunmen went down, wounded. The other three tried to escape, but MacArthur blocked their exit at gunpoint. The four bandits were sentenced to 10 to 25 years in Ohio State Penitentiary. His swift action, his cool courage and gallant devotion to duty are in keeping with the highest traditions of the police forces of America. Congratulations to Deputy Inspector James MacArthur, Chief George J. Matowitz, and the entire police department of Cleveland, Ohio. George Petrie was starred in the role of Bill Grant. Music was arranged and conducted by Ben Ludlow. This is Hugh James reminding you to be with us again next week when Lever Brothers Company, makers of new Rinso with Solium, bring you another exciting police case. Listen next week to... Doctors proved it. Life Boy Health Soap, with its purifying ingredient, gets skin cleaner. Stops B.O. as no other leading soap can. Doctors compared Life Boy and other leading soaps in 820 tests. These tests prove a daily Life Boy bath gets skin cleaner. Gives top 24-hour protection against B.O. Refreshing, mild. Life Boy gets skin cleaner. Be sure to listen next week to Call the Police. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Welcome back. Well, a very uh, suspenseful episode, the way it worked out. Uh, it was actually much better uh, than I uh, remembered it. Uh, this this was just uh, uh, top-notch in terms of building the suspense, uh, you know, threw in an appropriate red herring, and then gave us a bit of a twist uh, ending. Uh, of course, the idea of a psychiatrist who is himself crazy uh, was not uh, altogether uncommon. That's kind of our picture of the uh, psychological uh, profession. That, that, that always remains plausible. But the way they got there, I thought, was pretty uh, clever. And again, a lot of suspense along the way. Uh, well, that will actually end our uh, run of Call the Police. Uh, this by no means ended Call the Police uh, appearing over radio. In fact, uh, it continued to have uh, uh, qu quite a uh, run the rest of the summer of 1948, and it came back in the summer of 1949. However, that 1949 summer season, uh, series was not broadcast on NBC. It was broadcast on CBS. 
NBC had actually signed another summer replacement show. That light called the police honored the efforts of law enforcement, but was told in a more straight-laced procedural way. Of course, most of you have heard of it. The name of that uh, procedural? Dragnet. Well, I'll be back next week with a new show. Uh, I definitely pride on Tuesdays, really introducing some programs with fewer episodes, perhaps lesser known, uh, but giving you a flavor of uh, radio, and that's that's uh, engaging and well done. And I think there were a lot of shows during the golden age of radio that for whatever reason, uh, and perhaps it was just crowding of the market with so many quality shows, have just not gotten a fair shake. And I think that's definitely the case with the program we're going to be bringing you next week. It's a show not many people have heard of, but uh, I think you'll find it very entertaining. Uh, great legal drama, perhaps one of the main uh, programs that have got a... Uh, legal procedural uh, theme in the middle of it. So you'll want to be listening to A Life in Your Hands coming next Tuesday to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.